never walked on the moon. Elvis ain't dead, you ain't going crazy. It's all in your head. It's all interpretation. Oh my. To find the truth, you gotta read between the lines. Dang it, Bobby. Work out your own salvation. You are the best of white people. I don't pass this hard to find. If it's more than a place, it's a state of mind. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Jerry, just remember. It's not a lie if you believe it. You should never be allowed to talk to people. There is a fine line between genius and madness. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. God bless America. It's the Mark and Mac Show podcast. Hopefully you're up for a great day today. Yeah. Because we've got... Well, we live. Storms are so bad. It's going to rain, so they cancel school. <laughs> yeah, they're doing it. They're doing this uh, preparatory thing now, where they're just getting everybody ready. Yeah. The, all the bread and milk's already gone. Yeah. You know. It's, yeah. It's it's. <laughs> you know what the thing is is that um, they do this thing called e-learning now, an e-day where they can do it online or at home, whatever. Yeah. I don't know exactly what they do. I don't. If you're in elementary school or high, again, come on, it's it's school. Yeah. You'll make it up. You know. In school, yeah. you have a certain number of sick days before you can't pass, so you can take the day. You're okay. But right. anyway, you know what I had to do? Or no, you know what I got to do yesterday, Mark? What would that be? I got to review and report a 128-page report called The Investigation and Review of the Federal Bureau of Prisons Custody, Care, and Supervision of Jeffrey Epstein at the Metropolitan Correctional Center in New York, New York. Wow. All 128 pages of it. Okay. I got to go through it. Line by line. Wow. Word for word. Some I had to look up in a dictionary <laughs> and make sense out of what actually transpired or in the life and death of yeah. uh, Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> yeah. So just when you think your dad, you think your day's bad. That's uh -huh. what I had to do. Yeah. You, it's, you think it's all fun and games for Mark and Mac. We just sit around and talk and then do voice work and leave. No, right. I had to study something that in high, in high school, I would have probably paid somebody to get this for me and get me the cliffs, uh, you know, in college, I, I certainly would have notes on this. Yes. Yeah. In college, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't have been able to even tell you what the, you know, what the whole yeah. thing was, but yeah. no, because of what I do now, word for word, beginning to end mm. every little thing. Yeah. But you know, what's really fascinating, Mark, is we talk about the world of politics every day. We talk about, you know, the whole idea of this program was to get you ready for the election of 2024, which it's, very it's fast approaching it is and looking at this 128 page thesis on you know the cover of epstein in prison something happened there man mm -hmm. it was not a perfect storm of people not doing their jobs when you break it down word for word line by line this man who was in prison they wanted him dead they wanted him shut up because if he's dead he can't negotiate if he's dead he can't do anything if he's dead we can say it was a lie Mm -hmm. If he's dead, Ghislaine Maxwell's in prison for the exact same reason. Man. Now the stuff that is leaking out now, you know, they're, they, it's, it's kind of like, remember project blue book for UFOs, Yeah, the cover story. All right. Same thing. Because when I read this 128 page, I say it's 128 pages because that's how long it is. And it was, it's more than daggone love story. The book, you know, it's crazy, mm. yeah. but it's, you know, you break it down to what happened. How does a man kill himself, you know, in his own prison cell? Um, 
I don't know what happened in this. I, even after everything, I don't know. I know forensically what happened, and I've got my buddy Justice Scott Morgan. We have to do a show on this and uh, a deep dive into it. And I'm curious as to what it all means. But yeah, it, it's a they're hiding him because of his impact on the rich and famous and governmental people, you know, who mm -hmm. have been a part of such things. Yeah, and uh, you know, I remember you and I back in the early 2000s talking about the Lolita Express and Bill Clinton. Mm -hmm. I remember us talking about that in 2001 and two after he had left office. Yeah. Wondering when those stories were going to come out. And it, you know, 20 years later, we're talking about it now. It took 20 years for this to come out. It took 20 years for him to end up, you know, and anyway. Well, it's, it's like I've been talking about lately. The Washington DC is all about compromising people. Yeah. You get oh, yeah. somebody in town, you compromise them. You've got something over them. They do what you want. And I think Epstein, Epstein was part of that program. Yeah. I think I saw uh, an interview yeah. uh, one one day in the last week or so. I mean, we've had off times, on times. Yeah, yeah. we've been here, and not yeah. here. Uh, by the way, four days this week—that's a record for us lately. But <laughs> but the uh, uh, I saw an interview with his brother. Yeah, and that's uh, why we're actually doing the podcast on it. Really? Yeah. yeah. There you go. His brother. You know what his brother said because yeah, his brother said some very interesting things. Yes, he like did. The, like they moved the body. Yep. When they weren't supposed to, they yep. moved the body. They showed uh, they showed pictures of the cell and where mm -hmm. the the fabric was that he used mm -hmm. was supposedly used as to hang himself. And I'm thinking, how can anybody hang there? Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. I, that his that his uh, his buttocks actually, I think that the the, the lower the parts of his body didn't have uh, blood settling in them where they should have. Yes, if he had hung himself in in that position where they found right. him, you know. Yes. Lots of things and like that. Lots of things like that. Let me give you one other, just yeah. because you can actually look down and see where the lies took place. Because they, some people admitted lying. You know, they what the first thing they did was okay, get these guards out of here, get that guy fired, get this guy retired. You know, boom. Mm -hmm. But just so you know, he had. Uh, there was something that happened July twenty third, right before he, he died, August you know eighth, ninth, tenth, in that weekend, but. July 23rd, uh, you know, he had something happen. At first it was suicide, then it was murder, then, you know, attempted murder. Anyway, yeah. he at first said that his uh, cellmate tried to hurt him, um, but then he backtracked. Epstein said that in, in when they asked him what happened, because he, get this guy out of here, he's trying to kill me. And J Epstein was hurt. He did have injuries. But then, no, I don't, no, keep him in here. Keep it. I need the same cellmate now. His change Okay, that and then that's when they said, "All right, do, he can't be the psychologist, the chief psychologist for this whole, you know, MCC." He said, "No, he cannot be left alone. He cannot be in a cell by himself. There has to be somebody there because the cellmate's role, if he does something, is if something happens to him, we have a witness. If mm -hmm. he does something, we have somebody that can call for help. I mean, there that right. that yeah. was the well, yeah. When they knew that Epstein's roommate cellmate was leaving on July the eighth or August eighth, rather." They knew that he was, we were talking two weeks before, they knew he was moving. Uh, a week before, they sent out a letter uh, to everybody at the MCC. Said, get him, make sure there's somebody in there on the 9th. This was covered multiple times. And on that day, he didn't have it. His cellmate had left the night before, and he mm -hmm. was alone. Alone in his cell, and yeah. cameras aren't working. Yeah, Guards are not checking. Yeah. And everything that they every protection they put in place to make sure that if he did something to himself, they would have proof 
if something happened to him, they would have proof. That was the whole thing. And they let all that go away. And for that time, he was, you know, something happened. And again, if you have one physical thing that can't happen, one physical thing, you know, I mean, this is what we're going over forensically. You got one thing here where the body, where the blood, okay, you die and the blood should settle. Yeah. Yeah, Um, And it doesn't, if it doesn't do that, then you have a problem because your story is now a lie. Right. And if you lied about something, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you lie about one thing like this, then the whole thing you say is a lie. So anyway, that's a big deal because this goes to the de- to our government. It goes to every important person who you know passes judgment on the rest of us and ends up leading this country down the wrong path. Hmm. And they're trying to think. cover up the little black book is what it amounts to. Yeah, I uh, and more probably much more. And I think he was involved in a widespread um, a widespread operation of. Uh, of blackmail, basically, people putting well, people yeah. into positions of compromise yeah. and holding things over their head. Mm-hmm. I, and they were all is, freaks anyway. Epstein yeah. was a freak. Yeah. I yeah. thought, I will tell you the one thing I did think was going to happen, Mark, that didn't with regard to Epstein, uh, because there were a lot of people that didn't know where did his money come from because he really didn't have the credentials he claimed to have. Mm. And, you know, he was managing money at some vaguely. And I thought we were going to hear he was a, uh, made off, you know, that he was just a guy that was swindling people. And no, he actually did. Apparently it was, the money was real. He actually did investment stuff. He actually did that and made a lot of money doing it apparently, yeah. you know, and that's, it wasn't a, fa- it, it was not a fraud. That part of his life was not a fraud. So right. I still don't know exactly how he did it because we, everything's caught up with this, with who, who did he know? Who was, who was he compromising? Who was he getting right. the proof on and who yeah. was he working for? Was Epstein working for someone else that, you know, paid him to compromise these high profile individuals with predilections for being with young girls. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest with you, you talking about 40, 50, 60 year old men out of shape in politics, boring, stuffy idiots. And you've got yeah. a 20 year old girl who acts like she likes you, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I know that some of these girls were underage. I know that. Right. My problem with all of the stuff going on with the accusations, Mark is, uh, Jennifer Gouffre, the, the main person in the charges against Jeffrey Epstein, she's the one who came forward. She's the one who put her face to, and name out there saying, you know, she sued him for, you know, abusing her at 16, 17 years old, whatever it was. Um, you know, they got Ghislaine Maxwell for basically helping him procure young girls, you know. But it wasn't Ghislaine Maxwell who did it as much as Jennifer Gouffre, the woman making all the claims. You know, mm. she claims that she was um, wanting to be a massage therapist when she was 17. She came from a broken home and was invited back there to, because that was Jeffrey, uh, the MO for Jeffrey Epstein was, you know, give him a massage. That's how they brought yeah. every girl yeah. into there was a massage. Angulane Maxwell would bring the girls in and they would pay them. Um, if, if sex came out of it, some type of sex activity took place during this, they would pay them $300 or whatever. Now they would pay mm-hmm. them $100 or stuff. It was just a step, you know, just a massage. They weren't forced in anything. And they would leave. And then if they wanted to make that money again, they could come back. And each time they came back, more was expected of them. But they kept coming back. It's not like Epstein sent a car to school and two guards to go in and grab these girls out of class and bring them over. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were invited over there. They were told what they were going to do. Jennifer Gouffre, after she became part of that, she was their chief recruiter in high schools. Mm. She was the one recruiting the 16, 17-year-old girls. Yeah. And yet she's the one who was victimized the most. And I'm like, wait a minute. The lifestyle she was living back in the day, she's partying, traveling the world, 
living with these guys and you know they're taking her everywhere she seemed pretty happy i mean granted i mean she's having sex with people and hindsight you know uh, there are things i did at 18 19 years old i'm not really proud of kind of disgusted by but you know regret is not rape mm -hmm. and you you can't claim that you made decisions at 18 years old that you regret and so somebody else has to take the fall for it I mean, there's something really not right about it. Jennifer Griffey walking the earth when we know she was, yes, she was a victim at first, if you want to call her that. I yeah. personally think at 17 years old, if you give a 40-year-old man a, a massage at 17 and you can't yeah. leave and you're not being held against your will, come on, you're mm. involved. Yeah. That, anyway, there were others, though, other girls that were younger, especially in Florida, in South Florida, that were, I believe, abused. Yeah. based on their you know testimony and i believe the police not only dropped the ball i believe there was government interference in them dropping the ball some of them tied to the trump administration not trump trump administration people involved in government during the trump years that's all i'm saying i'm not saying trump directed these people sure. you've got people like um you have people in that are high profile individuals that were involved or accused of being involved with them uh, you mm -hmm. know with the whole epstein thing an accusation is not proof. You know, you've got to have more right. than just, yeah. I saw Mark Conklin getting a back rub. Okay. Yeah. People do that legitimately. Yeah. Um, that doesn't yeah. mean anything, but yeah. anyway. So yeah. in having to figure out his death now, that's because of Mark Epstein coming out. That's why we're doing the podcast for, mm -hmm. and doing a really deep dive into the actual forensics. This will be mm -hmm. the third time I've had to do this. First time I did it was Michael Bodden. Uh, he's the Fox News contributor. We did a mm -hmm. show with him. And uh, he's getting up there in years, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> what are we saying? <laughs> That's why we're doing another deep dive into the Epstein death. <laughs> That's what we're saying. Okay. All right. But Yikes. anyway, it's just fascinating because you have mentioned so many times, and I it didn't really occur to me until you brought it up about the old people in politics. I would look at it and go, why are they still there? And you said they owe people favors. Yeah. The, and then you couple that with Epstein and the whole trickery of getting people roped in, luring them yeah. in. Yeah. Holy moly, dude. This You're right. Yeah. I think you're dead on right. Yeah. And I think the proof is there if you look. But it takes time mm -hmm. to look. And, you know, a lot of people don't have time for that. The guy who mentioned a couple of weeks ago who said, uh, oh, God, now, now his name has gone out of my head again. He was a congressman in a wheelchair. You know, the, he's a young man. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you're probably going, yeah, I know this guy. You know, I can see his yeah. face. Can't think yeah. of his name. It, it's what I'm going through right now. But he said, yeah, he got invited to orgies. People yeah. were saying, hey, you need to come with us. We're gonna have a, we're gonna party down tonight. We're gonna have a great time. You need to come with us. And he and, said, I'm in a wheelchair, dude. That nothing works from the waist down. What do you want me to do? Bring my cane? <laughs> but, the, but all they're thinking is, we yeah. get, we're gonna get him someplace where we right. can get pictures and video and and stuff like that. So he'll if do what so we tell him to do to later. Do that. On. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, you. This is not just the movies. This is this. Yeah, it's like something that would happen. You know, it happened in a James Bond movie where they set up the the thing behind the bed and they shot. They filmed him while he was in bed with somebody, and they were going to mm -hmm. hold that over him. That's real life. It really, yeah. really, really does happen in these in these dirty inner circles of politics, yeah. and it's going on in this in our nation's capital right now. Where they're working on compromising people so they can get what they want. Hence, the president we have right now. Right. Because I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Yeah. I believe he was deeply compromised. Yeah. That everybody in the, the the 
the upper echelon of the DNC knew where all the, so to speak, bodies were buried for Joe Biden. They knew about every every hinky financial transaction. They knew about all the payoffs, all of the stuff that was going on with Hunter. They knew about all of it. And they went to Joe after he retired and said, you're going to be our president. And here's why. <laughs> and that's right. why we have that's why we have the doddering idiot in the white house right now right. you know it's a shame but i think there's enough proof there to actually warrant a real examination into yeah. those types of accusations i really do believe that yep. the you know mark i get really frustrated at a lot of the things that we see being done by politicians and what have you because i i do get frustrated at they don't have a right to do this, man. They really no. don't. And we got to no. bust them. And yet, <laughs> if we could go, if we really could at the local level, switch from the electronic voting to paper and pencil, we could make changes. We could, it would take, it would take a couple of years to do a wholesale change. But I guarantee you, if we actually did that and told me your vote really is going to count now, mm-hmm. it hasn't before you thought it did, but it hasn't. And for those yeah. of you who don't vote now, we guarantee you that vote's going to count. I would run a huge voting campaign because I really, truly believe that, you know, it, the people do not go along with it. I really believe that. I believe that the people of the United States of America are not signed into the agenda of the left and the transgenda. You know, I saw somebody um, when Garth Brooks was opening up his honky tonk in Nashville uh, back last summer, he made a day. He was asked, are you going to sell Bud Light? It was when after Budweiser had, gotten that trans With dude dealing with it, yeah all yeah. that stuff yeah and um and there was a lot of backlash from that and our garth who is a liberal said absolutely i'm serving everything everybody's welcome in my bar you know and three of his major uh financiers people putting the money up they bought they jumped out yeah now first things first okay having been involved in that high business before garth brooks doesn't need partners in a business they were building <laughs> a they were building one bar to expand yeah. out like the hard rock cafe that was the goal yeah. and they were going to yeah. start in nashville that's why there were investors but after he made the three of them bumped out they're like we can't be associated with this mm-hmm. we're not into that yeah. but garth was and so as they bumped the grand opening moved it you know and it they it did open but they bumped it several times because of the fallout from this and one of the guys in nashville wrote you know garth found out that you can try to run your business on 0.7% of the population, <laughs> see if they'll support you. <laughs> but I don't yeah. think there's that many in Nashville that are going to come to your place, you know? Yeah. Uh, because yeah. they don't listen to honky-tonk music. They listen to a different type of techno music. And so the 0.7% of the people who actually identify with what you're supporting don't listen to your music, you know? It's, yeah. It was funny. Yeah. It was a funny opinion yeah, piece. They're, but. they're not going to like your the, the entire atmosphere of the place yeah. <laughs> at all. No. Dirty and real? No, that ain't working. But hey, man, yeah. in the bathroom, you know, we mm. <laughs> it just would you I guess you just have one room. Everybody in know. here. You put a sign on the door, here's a bathroom, you put a toilet yeah. in the middle and mirrors all over and say, Everybody's welcome. You know, that's all I can think of. Yeah. And then watches all the ladies realize what's going on and start going next door to use the ladies' room. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Because right, they're not put. They may say they're putting up with it, but they're not. <laughs> I think it's just vapor. Vaping is safer than smoking, isn't it? There's really not even that much nicotine in them, right? One vape pod has as much nicotine as one pack of cigarettes. My kid? My kid kid knows it's dangerous. 5.4 million American kids vape, and most think it's harmless. Get your head out of the cloud. 
talk to your kid about vaping, visit talkaboutvaping.org. That's talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. The Mark and Max Show podcast and staring at the craziness that has become our government as we head into the 2024 election. Hands down, it looks like Donald Trump has the support of the masses, but I'm very curious as to what's going to happen. Uh, I I have no, um, I have no confidence in our our voting system, and no. I have no confidence in politicians who actually can stand up and lie about you know keeping Trump off the ballot without a conviction is ridiculous. Okay, it yeah. really is. It shows you how corrupt things really are. That there are politicians that really believe they have the right to do this on an accusation, not any proof, not any conviction. They believe they have the right to do. And if they don't believe they have the right, they believe they can get away with it. And they have in Colorado, they actually did it, you know, and that bothers me. It bothers me that, you know, we've got Fannie Willis in Atlanta doing all this in Fulton County. And we've got plenty of proof there of her corruption and how tied she is to all these other people who are telling her what to do. And yet she's allowed to go to, she should be in jail. Yes. Yeah, she should. But then Ron DeSantis goes after Nikki Haley, which is kind of funny because the infighting in the Republican Party, and I'm wondering why they can't get it together. Don't they see the opportunity that is in front of them? Mm. I I think this all boils back to the anybody but Trump mentality that's in the Republican Party right now. You know, I think the Republican National Committee is so committed to 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 Donald Trump not being their candidate that they're willing to lose. I think Trump ought to be the bull moose party guy. Pull out the Teddy Roosevelt thing. And, you know, <laughs> That's it. If you're, yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. Because you know what, Mark? Why not? It's the, if the Republican Party doesn't wake up and, and do something, if if the people of the United States don't wake up and do something, you know, this is it's a lost cause as it is. Yeah. Anyway. I think part of that is that the, that, uh, the RNC would have to get on board with the yeah. president, right? The, the, traditionally, yeah. they have. And they have a lot of pull, a lot of influence. But then again, they also can hinder a president in incredible ways. And we watched him do it during his previous administration. I think the sad part there, Mark, is it's done. You know, I, I am, I, I'm frightened that in 2024, we're going to find out that we have become a banana Republic, that Mm. the Democrat, the the Democrat is the communist party. They've taken over. And now there are, our elections mean nothing. Just like we used to say about other countries. Oh, that election means nothing. You know, yeah. we would go into our government would send in, you know, secret, the CIA would go in and hire do black ops to overthrow different governments and create yeah. this crap. They've just done it here. Yeah, I, I think anyway, you're absolutely right. I and, if, if, and I've said it before, if if Biden is reelected, if he ends up being the nominee, because there's there's all these other people, they keep trot, they keep sending up these little trial balloons. You know, do they like this person? Do they like that person? I mean, anybody from Gavin Newsom to Michelle Obama, they're trying to float people out there to see if eh, they they could they could they get away with putting this person in Biden's place. But if he ends up, if a Democrat ends up being president again, that means it's over. It's just over after what everyone has seen. You look at the opinion polling, you look at the way people, I mean, they're, like I said yesterday, they've lost 25% of the black vote. That's just monumental. It's monumental. But they have, they've lost 25% of the black vote. And how many other people who are not in the minorities are looking at things and going, well, these people are insane. We can't vote for them again. And yet, and yet, 
election day this year, there's a serious possibility, as you've been indicating, that it could go their way anyway because of their, the, the way they have been successfully manipulating things over the last few elections. They just dropped the ball when Trump won because they, they got cocky and thought they didn't have to do some work they needed to do, and he managed to win. Well, Ron DeSantis uh, going after Nikki Haley is uh, yeah. an interesting yeah, catch there. Yeah, um, coming from Breitbart.com. Oh, hey, very yeah. quickly, um, I saw this little blurb, and I'm, uh, well, we'll get to it in a minute. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Coming from Breitbart.com, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis called out Nikki Haley during Wednesday's Republican primary debate, noting that she invited Disney World to relocate to her home state of South Carolina, despite the company's well-documented embrace of transgender messaging to children. Ron DeSantis addressed the Disney controversy after CNN co-moderator Dana, uh, Dana Bash asked him about his tough stance against the company. Quote, the proper role of government, if it means anything, is to protect our kids. It's wrong to sexualize the curriculum. It's wrong to tell a kindergartner like Disney wanted to that you can change your gender or tell a third grader that you were born in the wrong body. Disney is the 800-pound gorilla in the state of Florida. Most people, most corporate Republicans, would have caved. The Santis then took aim at Haley, saying she invited Disney to South Carolina even though they were involved in transing kids. Uh, Haley has invited Disney World to relocate from Florida to South Carolina. She tweeted, uh, hey, D- uh, Disney, my home state will a- happily accept your 70,000 plus jobs if you want to leave Florida. She wrote that uh, last year. She went on to say, we've got great weather, great people, and it's always a great day in South Carolina. South Carolina is not woke, but we're not sanctimonious about it either. Ooh. Hmm. The Walt Disney Company declared a political war in Florida, just in case you don't remember, in 2022 over the state's parental rights in education law, which protects public school students from indoctrination in radical gender theory, including transgenderism, as well as other forms of LGBTQ activism. And in response, DeSantis revoked Disney's world, Disney World's self-governing status in the Orlando area, a lucrative corporate privilege that Disney had enjoyed for decades. And the two sides are now embroiled in a comp- a complex set of lawsuits over the self-governing district, which is called Reedy Creek. Uh, Disney continues to embrace transgenderism in its entertainment for kids. They've created multiple transgender characters for their t- children's shows is, and uh, even allowed cross-dressers to greet children in their theme parks. Well, they have in California. I don't think they can get away with it in Florida. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they have the, the Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutique the way, where they take, they take their little girls in to get them all dolled up and make them look like princesses. Yeah. Where, and and they, all, they all come out looking like streetwalkers as far as I'm concerned. I mean, <laughs> I actually started pointing them out when we were in the parks and saying, hey, look, it's a prostitute. But, uh, <laughs> but, <yikes. laughs> but there's actually a video and photos of men, bearded men, dressed as women, escorting these children into the Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutique in Disneyland in Anaheim. And that's sick. Yeah. But that's that world. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. So I, I heard, what was it? Uh, I think it was Megan Kelly. She was talking about the debate the other night and how they just, it was just constant sniping back and forth at each other. Yeah. And that's what it was. And she said, I missed all the other people who used to be on the stage. It was just those two sniping at each other. It was boring. Right. <laughs> and that's the thing, you know, you get to this point with, the Republican party in general, it's gone down the toilet, you know, but Mm -hmm. I don't know, man, I I think there's, I think I look back again and I just keep thinking that, um, you had this, you had this piece about Donald Trump's town hall 
you know, mm-hmm. drawing a huge audience. Yeah. Um, on CNN, doubling on CNN's CNN. viewership rather. Yeah. And there was a time when CNN was, you know, a news operation that it leaned left, but it wasn't totally sold out left. Mm-hmm. And at least not on the air. But then when they decided to launch Fox News, you know, as a, not a, as a competition for CNN, people thought there's no room for this. There's, there's not room for another one. And all of a sudden you saw a different side of the news going, wait a minute. I didn't know that's what was going on. <laughs> yeah. And I remember finding there's still green screen and uh, blue screen videos of CNN news reports from the Middle East and things like that when they were acting like they were at an actual bombing thing. And wow. you've got these out. You, you can see them because they just made them up. Wow. And you're going, this can't be real. And it is. Mm. They faked it. And mm. you're going, why so would much they for f- being the most trusted name in news. Exactly. <laughs> and I remember there was one guy, his name is escaping me now, but he had done one of these fake reports in front of a blue screen and it showed him. He thing is, he's putting on a mask, okay, because chemical weapons could be happening. Mm-hmm. But his his he's putting on a mask while his guest or whoever expert is doing something else. Like there are two different things you do, you know, to help yourself. But so one did one thing and the other did the other. So this other expert here isn't wearing a mask, but right. he's got a, I don't know, a Chinese throwing star. Yeah. You put the mask <laughs> on, you know, like what, what is going on here? And um, when somebody saw him, he's working for this local station in St. Louis and uh, they, you know, probably a college kid, I'm guessing with a video camera said, Hey, what happened with that? Why would you, why were you faking news with CNN? Why were you standing in front of a blue screen? And, and the guy got mad at him, you know, he's like, wow. you know, it was almost like they accused him of not walking on the moon kind of thing. Huh? And uh, <laughs> it was just crazy. But there's so much fakery going on. And yeah. when you open your eyes and you realize, look, nobody wants it to be this way. I think that's one of the problems that when I say things that people go, Dave, really, really, you are you crazy? Yeah. And I want to yeah. say, I've studied this. Yeah. I've researched this. It's not stupid. Why are you blowing me up when you haven't spent any time? All you yeah. did was watch the news. You've done no independent research. You have talked to nobody, but you're telling me I'm crazy. Who's crazy? The person who did the study and comes to a conclusion or the person who is told what to believe and goes on with that. Mm. I'm the crazy yeah. one. Apparently I'm the one yeah. that's which why I pointed out at the very beginning of the show, Mark, a 128 page report. <laughs> on, on 30 days in the life of you know jeffrey yeah. epstein yeah and it's because the truth is there you have to find it and there's lies in this report but you have to find the truth and there's somewhere mm-hmm. anyway so you had this piece about donald trump and yeah. his uh his town hall doubling cnn that's pretty amazing yeah um his town hall on fox news uh wednesday night received nearly double the viewership of cnn's republican primary debate wow. featuring uh as we already addressed but why it. mark why would the Republicans agree to do anything on CNN? Why would the Republicans agree well, they to they these? Were, de- well, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I uh, doing yeah. the net. Remember when George Snuffleupagus in 2012 started the whole the whole Republican war on women began mm-hmm. with a question yeah. that George Snuffleupagus asked yeah. Mitt Romney, yeah. and it was about could a state prevent a woman from buying contraception? And Mitt Romney looking at him, what? Yeah. Well, why are you asking? And, and he asked the question again. And Mitt Romney's and he kind of stumbled over it. Mitt Romney said, well, I, I think it's kind of foolish for you to ask a question, a, a hypothetical question about something that no state is considering. No right. state has talked about doing. No state would consider. Um, but no, I would not agree with that. And, mm-hmm. and that's where the Republican war on women began 
with yeah. George Snuffleupagus asking Mitt Romney this question about preventing women buying contraception. And I told my daughter, Hannah, we were driving down the road two days later and she said something, Dave, she goes, dad, did the Republicans really want to stop women from being able to purchase contraception? And I said, Hannah, that's the lie of the devil. Mm. Two days, Mark, my yeah. daughter asked me. Now she asked me that because she was like, that can't be real. But yeah. that's what her generation is told. And yeah. so they believe it. They're too yeah. busy on their social media stuff to actually go look at the truth and see where it came from. But mm. that happened. And I wondered then why? Why are Republicans putting themselves in this position to be asked questions by liberal pinko commies who hate yeah. them? Yeah, because apparently the Republican leadership is a bunch of idiots. <laughs> because you, you, when you Do know they're debate. by the time, yeah, when you you know they're hostile, mm -hmm. then why why walk into the lion's den? Why right. walk in voluntarily into the right. lion's den? Why? Do because they're going to they're going to phrase their own they're going to phrase the questions the way they want to. Right. They're going to do the follow ups, yes. ignoring the answer to the questions. Right. They're going to you know. Yeah. That's yeah. what they've been doing for years. Yeah. Exactly. Our entire adult lifetime they've done this garbage, and the Republican. Yeah. The Republicans are Charlie Brown and the Democrats are Dagon Lucy. Oh, I'll hold mm -hmm. the ball this time. I'm not going to pull it away. Right. Okay, exactly. Lucy. Thank you. Exactly. Anyway, so he draws double the audience, right? Yeah. Yeah. For his um, town hall. Yeah. He's so he goes on Fox News Wednesday night, uh, pulls twice the audience that they did over with uh, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis on CNN. Mm -hmm. Uh, <laughs> Ad Impact actually announced uh, last night Donald Trump's town hall on FNC had nearly double the viewership of the fifth Republican presidential primary debate on CNN, an estimated 5.7 million to 2.9 million. And they provided the chart of the estimated viewership of past debates and town hall events. The town hall was the most watched presidential primary TV event we've tracked since November 8th, they, they also say. Indeed, the chart showed the first GOP debate, which took place on August 23rd, kicking off with a bang with 14.2 million estimated viewers. That only declined as the debates rolled on, descending to 9.9 million, 9.2 million, respectively. Trump participated in none of them often offering counter-programming, whether uh, an interview with Tucker Carlson or meeting with striking auto workers in Michigan. Since that third Republican debate, which took place in early November and attracted 9.1 million viewers, there's not been a televised event that garnered as much viewership as Trump's Fox News Town Hall Wednesday week evening. Uh, the Fox News Town Hall saw 5.7 viewers compared to the 2.9 million who tuned in to CNN's debate between the GOP frontrunner rivals Haley and DeSantis. So, wow, the mm. numbers say it. Uh, people were more interested in seeing what Trump had to say. And I, I think that's that's indicative of, of the public mood. I think people, they, they see these other people who are on stage backbiting, you know, mm -hmm. sniping at each other. And they realize those two people can't win. They I, I, I don't think they can. And I, I, at least I see it that way. I don't think those people can win. If Donald Trump was not in the picture at all, would either two of those people have a chance against the establishment, Joe Biden, and the way things have been set up, the way he won last time? Do you think either one of those people could win? I don't think so. Neither one of them have the personality. They don't have the track record. They don't have, they don't have anything that Trump brings to the table. Like him or not, he's yeah. the candidate that can win. You know, and I and it, I think it's ridiculous that the Republican Party is ignoring that particular fact. Yeah. You know, they're griping, and they have made it their mission to somehow pull him out of the picture. 
mm-hmm. when he's the and, only person who could win, who could actually defeat Joe Biden. That's I think just, that if they would endure, if they would back him, you know, I think they're, you're right. They're standing off. Their, their standoffishness is because they're leaving him to hang in the breeze by not helping him. They, they're not standing behind a Republican president. They're not standing yeah. behind him because he was not one of them. He didn't right. have the friends. That's where, you know, it was pointed out. I can't remember who did it now. Um, but Mike Medavoy, um, Hollywood guy who were in the, in the seventies, who was head of United artists production, uh, Later on in the 80s at Orion and in the 90s, he was at TriStar. Then he formed his own Phoenix Pictures. But um, he wrote a book called You're Only As Good As Your Next Picture. Yeah. And in the book, he, he was a political person. Um, he talked about uh, being influenced by uh, a couple of other guys, Bob Benjamin and uh, Krim, uh, Arthur Krim, who were both involved in Democrat politics in the 50s and 60s. Uh, Arthur Krim, who was head of United Artists and was actually uh, in the White House during the Johnson years. He spent, you know, a day a week there as one of Johnson's advisors. And so Mike Medavoy, who was born in China, immigrated, left, left, left out of Shanghai and ended up in Chile and then came to L.A. Uh, this guy is, has a bigger worldview than most. And he talked about getting involved in the Hart, Gary Hart's campaign in 1984. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, the damage it did because he got involved and Arthur Krim and Bob Benjamin, or pardon me, Krim in particular, told him, look, if Orion, Orion Pictures was having a tough time, you know, as an independent company, they were having trouble financially. And, and Krim said, look, I admire, you know, you getting involved in politics, I, you know, because he was following the, the lead of his bosses. And he said, but Arthur Krim said, now's not the time. He said, when I held, when I was at Johnson's White House, United Artists was doing okay. We're not doing okay. You can't take time off to be his financial campaign advice, you know, head of his finance committee. But he did it anyway, and and he wrote about it in his book about being involved in the campaign and talking to people and all. Of, and he said it was, it was interesting. Here's you know his take on big time politics like that. But you know he dropped. He's Gary Hart dropped out of the campaign. Walter Mondale got the uh, nomination in '84. Well, you know Gary Hart then resigned his position in the Senate and ran again. That's when he challenged the press to follow him around. You know because there were a lot of these reports that he was a ladies' man and everything else. Yeah. And I he, remember and the picture he, on the boat. Yeah, the monkey business. The yeah, boat was yeah. called the monkey business. Uh, yeah, and yeah. with Donna Rice or whatever her name was. Not Donna, yeah. but anyway. But I bring that up because Medavoy was talking about it, how this kind of applies to Trump. If somehow Gary Hart, the reason things went so south for him so fast, because he was an appealing guy. He was young, engaging, attractive. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of good qualities in leadership yeah. and had been a good senator out of Colorado. But. Uh, when he was running for president for that nomination in 88, you know, they ended up with Michael Dukakis, if you remember that. Yeah. Uh, think of the eyebrow man. Yeah. Eyebrow man with his his alcoholic wife, Kitty, you know, drinking, yeah. oh, you know, gosh, yes. poking a hole in the bottom of an Aquanet can and sucking the alcohol out of that. I mean, she was in bad shape. <laughs> yeah. And yet Gary Hart challenged, you know, there were all these rumors about him. And he said, follow me around, you know, 24 hours a day and I got nothing to hide. And of course, they found out he had a lot to hide. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason I bring it up is Medavoy compared that to Bill Clinton scandals of the nineties. And he did become friends with Clinton and spent time at the white house during the Clinton years. But Medavoy said that Gary Hart was kind of a loner. He was an outsider in politics. He didn't play their game. So he didn't have a lot of friends in the party. He didn't have friends in Washington. He was kind of an outsider. He didn't just go along with everybody. He had his own beliefs. And he said that when Bill Clinton ran into trouble on personal stuff, 
he had people circle the wagons around him from his wife mm -hmm. to everybody else. Mm -hmm. And they covered for him. He had friends in politics. He had friends in the media and they just circled the wagons around him. Well, now, instead of it being an individual such as, a, you know, comparing Clinton to Hart and seeing how one survived and one didn't, now it's the entire Democrat Party they circle the wagons around. It's not the individual. Because yeah. now you've got all these character flaws in all these individuals and the, the media and other politicians circle the wagons. And the Republicans don't have the stones to do it. So instead yeah. of actually being loyal to their own party, instead of being loyal to what's truly right, the Republican Party has allowed Trump to swing in the breeze. He's not been one of us. He's not. He is the redheaded stepchild who lucked into this thing. Now we'd want him gone. So if you mm -hmm. can keep him off the ballot, you do it. Well, here's the real candidates over here. Your choices now are DeSantis or Nikki Haley. Those are your two choices. Trump doesn't count. Yeah. And the people are seeing this mm -hmm. and they're good. So now we have a three party system because you guys won't include the one guy who wants to be you. He yeah. wants to be with the, he wants the party to get behind him, but yep. they refuse. Yeah. They don't like him. He's an outsider. Yeah. And that's, that's the whole thing about Trump. That's the why he faced all of the opposition he did from both sides of the aisle. Right. During his administration. That's why there was constant, well, from the left, there was constant bombardment. I mean, right. it, even, even before he took the oath of office, before he no, was sworn in, they're talking 45. about impe yeah, impeach 45. They, they, even before he won, there was all that speculation. What if he wins? And somebody said, well, impeachment's always an option. I, I, they had planned it from yeah. beforehand. They knew if he won, yeah. they'd have to get rid of him. Yep. And they tried very hard for the entire four years. And so they decided to, since they couldn't get rid of him while he was in office, they'd make him unelectable again, which is why all of this is going on in the courts right now. They're tying him up to keep him from being electable. Actually, what they're doing is they're using the court system for campaign interference, yep. for political. They're running, they're running against him in the courts. And it's, so it's sad. a bizarre, crazy thing to see. What's really sad too, is watching how liberals in, I know we were done, but the liberal yeah. agenda of anti-Semitism, you know, the, <sighs> the whole, it's crazy, Mark, when you look at Ben and Jerry's, I, you know, yeah. boycotting Israel. Okay. Yeah. Ben and Jerry's is kind of, and yet you're looking at states and that are by, banning, you know, they're in North Carolina joined the fun again. I think it's Arizona and a few others have said, you guys are boycotting Israel as a company, Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. And North Carolina had their, their teachers union, a few other public entities like that, uh, had $40 million invested in the company that owns Ben and Jerry's $40 million, you know, for your retirement funds and things like that. They, yeah. Yeah. Invest it's, it's them to part of a them. larger package. Yeah. Yes. Still, huge yeah. package. Anyway, yeah. well, the state of North Carolina pulled out of it, pulled $40 million out of the company that owns Ben and Jerry said, no, wow. we're not supporting you. If you're going to, you're going to be anti-Israel. We're not doing wow. this. Well, the Democrat party and you got these woke colleges that are now Harvard mm -hmm. leading the pack are under scrutiny, man. Yeah. And I have to tell you, that's the Democrat party. They're allowing these guys to be picked off one at a time. Okay. Ben and Jerry's and Harvard when are people going to wake up and go, that's the Democrat party, dude, that, that look at, look at the Muslims and Ocasio-Cortez support of Islam over. Yeah. Look at the, the other ones who are Muslims yeah. that are a part of the, the, yeah, those people. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They're horrible, evil. They're, they are, oh, but they're, they're Democrats. So yeah. they support them. Yeah. Think they about circle that the wagons around them. Yeah. Yes. And they keep getting reelected too. the Democrat it's, party it's, circles, the wagons around yeah. these haters 
and says what they're doing is okay, but Donald Trump needs to go to jail. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, I saw a thing this morning. He's in trouble in, in New York. They're trying to, they're trying to destroy his business empire. Yeah. And, uh, one of the things that they, they did was that they, they valued Mar-a-Lago at $22 million. Well, years ago, Forbes, <laughs> Forbes actually said it was worth something like $375 million or something like that. <laughs> it was all the time. It's on the national register. It's a, right. it's a historic site. Yeah. Been around for the, a long the, time. The heir to the post serials th- yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, fortune actually built the place. It's, mm-hmm. it's worth much more now than it was when Forbes it, it gave it an estimate of 375. Right. And they're trying to say, ah, it's $22 million. It's worth $22 right. million. Maybe the beach right. is worth $22 million. The funny part about all that is that I made a joke one time uh, when, uh, I'm not going to say his name. Anyway, he's liberal. He's a younger liberal guy, and he hates Trump, and, and it was talking about Mar-a-Lago and all this. I said, and I said, well, you know, uh, I just wanted to see where he would go with this. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know, he built that for Marla Maples when he was having an affair, you know, <laughs> Mar-a-Lago. Come on, man. And he went, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that. <gasps> I can't believe it. And I'm like, he wanted ignorant. to believe it so badly. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, mm. good grief, man. How can you be? Yeah. Don't breathe my air. You're, you don't get to breathe. Go buy oxygen tanks. You yeah. don't get to breathe my air anymore. You're just wrong. Anyway, well, we're done. If they take Trump down in New York, then they'll have to go after every property developer in the state because they've all done exactly what he did. Yeah. And that they've overvalued properties in order to get loans, and then they've paid those loans back, and the banks have said, that's fine with us. Yeah. <laughs> have a great weekend. See ya. We never walked on the moon. Elvis ain't dead. You ain't going crazy. It's all in your head.